Good morning. It's, it's certainly an honor to be here with you all today. It, it truly is. I'd um, like to read some scripture here to start off with, and, um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Scripture I'd like to read is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through, through 9. Grab that here. Word says, What is, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes them grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. You know, I, I came across a saying the other day that um, said that children's lives are like a piece of paper on which every person leaves a mark. That really struck me. That really struck me. And, and it reminded me of a child that we had worked with there at the Central Texas Children's Home. The young lady was 15 years old, came right out here, right, right from San Antonio. She had been removed from her home. She was a uh, foster child at the time of her removal, and she came to us because of severe neglect, severe abuse. She had no father, but when she came into the world, she was just like any other child, perfect in every way, unblemished, clean. And up to this point, what I realized was is that marks had been left on this child. Many people had left their mark on this child. And when you looked at those marks and you looked at them all together and stood back and looked, it didn't paint a very nice picture. This young lady had lived a terrible life, hard life. She'd been there at the children's home for about two or three months, and I told her, I said, I said, Susan, I said, when I see you, you look so burdened. You could, you know the light that we see in children's eyes, that, that twinkle and that sparkle? It, it just wasn't there for Susan. It, it was a dull look. Her expressions were drawn. She just didn't seem to have a lot of energy. And I told her, I said, you look so burdened. And she said, Mr. Ray, I, I feel terrible. I hate the way my life has gone thus far. And I said, I want you to know this. I said that if you come to know Jesus Christ, follow God's plan of salvation, that you will become a brand new person. And that the blood of Jesus will just wash those sins off of your life. And, and she said something so profound. She said, Ray, you don't understand. The sins that I have committed, the sins that have committed, been committed upon me, not even the blood of Jesus Christ can wash me clean. And as a Christian, it just, it just grabbed my heart. It, it just, it's, it's one of those moments where you just feel your whole self get tight 
and, 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 and I had such feelings of compassion for this young lady and, and concern and, and hurt. And, and I could feel through my empathy only a small portion of the things that I think she was feeling. And even that small portion was terrible, difficult. Now, I want you to hold for a second on the story of Susan, because I'm going to finish that story for you. But you've got to wait a few minutes. Got to listen to some other things first. A friend of mine told me that as he travels around, goes different places throughout the country, he will talk to different groups of adults, and he said he started doing kind of a little survey. And one of the surveys that he did is he would say to them, tell me when you became a child of God. And he said a huge number of the folks that responded, responded that they were 20 or younger. They were young people when they came to become a child of God. And he said to himself, how interesting is that? How interesting is that? Because he had, he said it was his own admission, had focused most of his evangelistic efforts on converting adults. In fact, he said a lot of times when he would go to men's meetings or church meetings, a lot of the energy and a lot of the resources of the church were spent on how does the church evangelize to adults. Now, he thought this was kind of interesting by virtue of the fact that we're focusing the thrust of our efforts on the adults, but yet when do most people become Christians? When they're younger. When they're younger. We're all a little guilty of that. But here's the things, I think, that are, are kind of interesting to think about. You know, I know some adults in my life that I need to be evangelizing to. I, I do. And there are some pretty tough, curmudgeon kind of guys and gals out there that, that need the Lord. And, and they scare me a little bit because they, they, they have such anger sometimes. And, and then I know other people that, that have this real, you know, God is in the trees, God is, is in the ground, um, God is who you make him to be. The, the world has just polluted their minds. They, they've just been, as adults, they've, they've had years and years and years of worldly indoctrination, indoctrination from other faiths, other religions. Television has evangelized to them a lot. And so as a result, when I go to evangelize with them, sometimes there's some pretty tough nuts to crack. There really are. Interestingly, though, interestingly, though, when we go to talk to children, and you're that, you're that person who, who's at, at the nursery-level class, and you're going to teach the kids some, some songs about Jesus and pat, 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 and clapping their hands and those kind of things, they just jump right in and join in. And, and the questions that they'll, they'll ask are just, basic, simple questions, and they're open-minded, and they, they want to hear what we have to say about God. They truly do. The thing that I think is important is, is that if we don't work with children, if we aren't spending time with children, I will promise you this, Hollywood has a plan for our kids. They have things to teach our kids. 
the music that these kids are exposed to will try to indoctrinate them and evangelize the world's ways to them. That's going to happen. If the kids don't get something that we have to offer, that God has to offer, the world certainly does have something to offer. You know, evangelism starts real close to home for us. The, the thing to think about is, is if, if you're a nursery teacher, lost it, didn't I? Right here. Sorry, guys. Mark told me it was because he had big ears. I don't know what that means about me. but so. Okay, I think we got it. Okay. If you work in the nursery and you're teaching children the concept of God, you know, you've become a seed planter, haven't you? But here's what I want you to think about. You planted a seed, right? Now remember back what I said, that we leave marks on a child's life, right? If you're a seed planter and you're talking about God, what kind of mark have you left? If you teach the two-year-old that Jesus loves me, well, then you're a builder, then you're a builder leaving a mark on that child's life. If you give a blessing to a first grader, well, then you're a waterer. If you invite a neighbor's child to vacation Bible school, then you're a carpenter. If you put on a puppet show for children, you're a farmer. If you teach the plan of salvation to a group of fifth graders, you build for God. And if you lead a small group at a Christian summer camp, if you talk to a teenager one-on-one -on -one about Jesus, if you, if you pick up a child from an unchurched home and, and bring him to services, you harvest for God. At the same time, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to churches and said, we need house parents for, this, for the children's home. Or I've heard the deacon of the children's ministry stand up front and say, we still don't have enough people for the nursery. We still don't have enough people to teach for the next quarter. And, and that's difficult for me to understand because children and teenagers are unplanted. They're, they're the unwatered field. And, and they don't have those sophisticated arguments against the gospel like some of the adults that I mentioned earlier. They, they don't have any ill-conceived theologies that we have to, to correct. And they are souls waiting for seed. And, and they're waiting, their hearts are waiting to be watered. And, and like I said, if we don't plant and we don't water, the, the results are serious. You know, because the world has so many things to offer them. Now here's the exciting thing about it. Go back. Remember I said that the majority of the people that seem to be the ones that come to know the Lord are those ones 20 and younger. You know, that's about a third of our population, isn't it? About a third of our population. So now let's just make an assumption for a second, okay? The assumption is, is that you got 20 and younger, or one-third of our population. Let's be optimistic and say that half of that one-third half of that one-third, one-sixth, are going to church. Probably not true. But 
we'll be positive about it. But here's the other side. That also means that one-sixth of the population is not going to church, those children. One-sixth of our population are unchurched children. Now, do you know what we're talking about in a city of three million people? San Antonio? We're not talking hundreds of kids. We're talking hundreds of thousands of unchurched children right here in this community whose souls are waiting to be watered, their little hearts waiting to be touched and built, who, who want to learn more about the Lord. This creates phenomenal opportunities for us. We are the gardeners. We are the builders. Society plants the weeds. Here's the thing that I guess I began to think about. I'm going to go back for a second. I'm going to go back for a second to the young lady that I talked to you about. She came into this world a beautiful, clean sheet of paper. And when I told her, when I told her that Christ could wash away her sin and make her clean and make her new, she told me that even the blood of Jesus was not powerful enough to wash the sins away because her sins were so big. Okay? That's what she told me. And what I realized is, is that marks had been left on her life. That when she looked in the, in, the, in, the, in the mirror and she saw what used to be a blank sheet of paper, but now one that had been left with marks, what she saw she didn't like. It was an ugly picture. Something happened to this girl, Susan. She came to the Central Texas Children's Home. First things first. She realized that in the worst time of her life, being removed from her family, having been abused, leaving her friends, all of her family being left behind, she was in the worst moment of her life. Guess what? God, through his people, had a place for her. There was a new mark on that piece of paper. Okay? She got two amazing Christian parents in the home that she was placed. Christians that lived a life of love and exampled Christ in their words and in their deeds. Not perfect people, but people trying, people striving. New mark on that girl's sheet of paper of life. All of a sudden she goes to the dinner table and everybody joins hands and a prayer is said. And later that evening, a devotional occurs. And then these folks get up and take her to church. And she walks into the local church of Christ. And people that don't even know her are walking up, greeting her with a smile, shaking her hand, giving her words of encouragement, letting her know that they are thankful and happy that she has arrived. And then one... One weekend, the Aggies for Christ show up. A bunch of college students that are supposed to be on Christmas break, and yet they're going to take a week of their Christmas break, and they come to the children's home. Because what do they want to do? 
they want to spend time with the kids, and they want to work and make it a better place. Another new mark goes on that young lady's sheet. And then youth groups show up and do the same as the Aggies for Christ. And then individual, individuals and, and ladies' classes and youth groups send them send this young lady birthday cards, and they don't even know her. But yet they're telling her that they're praying for her, that they love her, and that she is valuable, and that she is precious, and that she is important in this world. Another mark goes on this young lady's sheet. She was given a Bible when she arrived at the children's home. Another mark. Marks are just showing up all over the place on this young lady's sheet of life, okay? And she's learning, and she's seeing things different. And what happened is, the marks of her life that had, be, that had occurred before, a new picture was taking place. Something was emerging with the new marks on this sheet of paper of her life. And that was the face of Christ. There was a face on that. And it began to emerge for this young lady. It was the face of Christ. Shook her up a little bit. She'd had a lot of faces on that sheet of paper. They all wanted something in return. Something where there was self-gain. People had used her and they had abused her. But now she had run into a new group of people. But now the face that she was beginning to see on this piece of paper was Jesus Christ. And things began to change for her. Because when she looked in the mirror and she looked at that cumulative effect of her life, there was something brand new and fresh in her life. This young lady began to study the Bible. She began talking to her house father, the spiritual leader of the home, and he began connecting those lines for her, those marks on that sheet of paper. And all of a sudden, that sheet of paper began to take a different look. 1 John 1 through 7, 1 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us all from sin. The young lady had been at the Central Texas Children's Home for about two years. And I got a call late one evening from her house father. And her house father said, Susan and I have been studying the word. She's thinking about all of the people that she has met over the last two years, all of the Christians, and how none of them wanted anything in return from her. All they wanted to do is share with her share God's goodness, to share God's word, to share their example of Christ. And she has made a decision. And she wants to follow God's plan of salvation. And she wants to become a Christian. So we went down to the church with big smiles on our face, very excited about this moment. And so we went down to the church and Susan gave her confession with her house dad being the one who was planned to baptize her. And she went to the back. 
She was baptized. She came up out of the water with a big smile on her face. The crowd clapped for her. And then all of the brothers and sisters began singing. The most beautiful of moments, right? And she came out from the side after having dried up and gotten clothes. Big line of people. Everybody's got to hug her. Everybody's got to just tell her that they'll continue to pray for her and going to be there for her. And I waited to the very end. And when she came over and she hugged me, she laid that wet head down on my shoulder and she said, Ray, my burdens are gone. My burdens are gone. Tears streaming down my cheeks. No more beautiful moment than to hear somebody like her say that. And what I realized was, is that she had a new clean sheet of paper. With one exception. All the marks of Christian. All the people that had made a difference in her life for God, their marks were still there, all connected, that she continued to see the face of Christ on her new life. But all of the other marks, the marks of abuse, the marks of neglect, the marks that made her feel worthless, those were gone because she had a new sheet of paper with new marks that came together to create a picture, and that was the face of Christ. The face of Christ. I stand here to tell you that all of the efforts we make have a cumulative effort, especially in the lives of these children. I want you to think about how you can touch a child's life. Teaching classes, trunk or treats, helping at a school, volunteering. Come to the children's home, volunteer. Love to have you come one Saturday or one weekday and spend some time with the kids. Because all of those create marks, which as we as Christians put those marks on those kids of paper, begin to take form. And it's the form and the face of Jesus Christ. They realize who he truly is and how much they need him. So folks, my challenge for you today is, as you leave this auditorium, I want you to think about some way that you can leave a godly mark on the life of a child. We build. We water. God will take care of the rest. Thank you and God bless. If anybody here wants to clean their life up and you haven't had a chance to do that yet, you're ready to follow the plan of salvation, you want to give your life to the Lord and be new and fresh again so that the only thing on your sheet of paper is a bunch of marks that create that picture of Christ. If you're ready for that and you haven't done that yet and this is the time, feel free to come forward. God bless you.